Thank you. Um, I'm going to do a quick housekeeping thing <laughs> and stick a wad of gum <laughs> in my... Sorry about that. Um, there we go. And, yeah, I just want to make sure I have my, my water at hand, too. Yeah. Anyway, I just want to say good morning to you, ladies. And um, just, I just, I'm just, it's definitely ministering out of the overflow of this morning. It was incredible. Um, how many of you were here last night? Were most of you here last night? Quite a, quite a few of you were here last night. So if I say something about coping circles or you'll know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. All right. Well, I just, I, I sense such an expectancy in the air. It's like there's a corporate hunger and there's just a unity in that hunger in all of us. And I, I, I sense the Holy Spirit is just drawing us into, into the deeper things and you may not even know it, but I believe if you're here this weekend, I believe if you're here at this session, that you are being marked by the Holy Spirit for that which is priestly and that which is bridal. And I may, I may not be able to explain everything I say today, but I believe you'll get it. I believe the Holy Spirit um, is speaking, and he's, he's speaking a unified message, and he's just taking us from glory to glory this morning. And I just sense no matter where we've been, no matter where, what, where we've come from, um, whether we attend here or somewhere else or we've never even um, been in a church before, God is doing such a work. It's God doing the work. It's God initiating. It's God drawing us deeper. It's his longings. And it's because he's preparing his bride for his return. What began as just a tiny seed, he's bringing to full maturity. What began as a tiny seed in us, whether it was this morning just now or whether it was decades ago, he's bringing to full maturity what began as a tiny seed when the church, church was birthed in the book of Acts. He's bringing to full maturity in this hour. Um, at the beginning of the year, the Lord spoke to me and he he, um, he's, it was out of Isaiah 42 and he said, behold, I'm, I'm doing a new thing. Forget the former things. A new thing is going to spring forth. And, um, right after that, he says, sing a new song. And when the Lord is doing a new thing, there's a new song that's being sung. There's a new song that's, that's being initiated in heaven that's, and that's being produced on earth. And um, it's the song of the bride and the bridegroom in this day. Um, all of the bride's desires are being found in him, and all of the bridegroom's desires are being found in her. All her fountains are in him. All his fountains are in her. And it's because he's preparing new wineskins. He is going to pour in the new wine to these new wineskins that he's preparing um, so I just, as, as I began to quiet myself several weeks ago, I just, I felt even this question of the Lord, is it okay if I don't address you as little children anymore? That he's calling us unto maturity. You know, Paul says in Philippians, um, forget the past 
and reaching for, forgetting the past, reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. And I, I want to share a quick dream that um, a, a mentor of my husband's, a friend of his, had. Um, and in this dream, it was a prophetic dream, and in this dream, um, the, the family got a call that there was a new baby being born into the family, and they all ran up to the hospital, and they gathered outside the nursery window, and the, and the nursery was just full of these newborn infants, just packed full. And the nurse was, um, they were trying to locate their baby, and she, she found it, she brought it out, and, and because they were a large family, um, she handed the baby off, and one by one, this family was passing this bi- this bundle down the line. And finally, it came to him, and he looked at it, and like everybody else, he smiled and cooed at it. And uh, suddenly, its eyes flew open, and its mouth, and it, it had this huge grin on it, and it had a full set of adult teeth. <laughs> and he he's kind of but um he said uh he knew instantaneously the lord gave him the interpretation that we're, we're in a time we're coming into a time where there are going to be many many babies birthed and born into the kingdom and they are going to be ready for meat they're not going to they're they're not going to be uh, eating pablum and milk for long. They are going to be ready for the meat of the word. So we're in a time of rapid acceleration, and I just want to take a, vi- a, a moment because we're talking about rest. But I just want to cast vision because this is all going somewhere. Um, we're we're on a journey, and in the past reels, if you've come, Carrie has had a, a cross on one end of the stage, and then. Uh, a road leading somewhere and because we've been talking about how this is a journey and so um, I want to piggyback off that a little bit today but we're on a journey and just like the Israelites were on a physical journey from Egypt to the promised land and we're to let go of the past so that they could be prepared to live as free people so we're on an inward journey we're on a spiritual journey and our journey is from spiritual Egypt to Mount Zion. And Mount Zion is our heavenly resting place. I, I sometimes think, as a church, we've, we've focused an awfully long time on the past. We've, po- we've, we've focused on Egypt. We've focused of coming out of slavery, which is awesome. We, we all have an incredible testimony of that. But I believe right now that God is, is taking our focus now. He's taking the face of his bride in his hands and he's turning our focus to him he's turning our focus to his future or to our future so we're in transition it's it's the end of the sixth day we're coming into the beginning of the seventh day it's the sabbath rest for god's people that carissa was talking about this morning and it's called the sabbath rest because we enter into god's own rest Um, In Genesis 2, 1 through 3, it said, And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he'd done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he'd done. Then God blessed the seventh day, and he sanctified it. He set it apart, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. God is, he is sanctifying the seventh day now. He's setting it apart, and he's calling us into his very rest. And in the Old Testament under Moses, when God's people were delivered out of Egypt, 
uh, that was, um, they were delivered out of bondage. They were delivered out of slavery. They were set free. But that wasn't the end of his plan. That was only the beginning of his plan. He always intended to take them safely to the promised land. In Deuteronomy 12.8, it says Canaan was actually called the resting place and the inheritance the Lord your God is giving you. Real, true, deep, complete rest is an inheritance of the sons and the daughters. But even in the promised land, even that wasn't the fullness of his plan. Um, It says in Hebrews, did the people enter God's rest when they entered the promised land? No. For if Joshua could have given him rest, then God wouldn't have spoken about another day. But as the Old Testament is a type and shadow of the New Testament, um, so God's delivering us out of spiritual Egypt through the Red Sea, the blood of Jesus, is only the beginning. And now deep is calling unto deep. God is leading us to Zion, the heavenly city where Jesus is everything. He's leading us into supernatural rest. And the, as I was writing, I kept getting that. Corey Russell was here from IHOP in January, and he, I kept getting the picture that he had of um, just this, that we're like this little boat that's just moored to the dock. And, the, and he said, and God's the Pacific Ocean. And so um, even, as, even this, as I was praying and as I saw that picture, I was like, God, sever our moorings, sever our moorings. So let your waves and your billows wash over us. Let all your waves and your breakers wash over us and bring us out into the deeps. And he is intending to do that. Um, and so I want to talk to you just briefly about um, three areas. I felt like he just he gave me three areas to focus on. One was entering into spiritual rest through worship and prayer. And that is the process of making Jesus your resting place. Um, Secondly, experiencing spiritual rest through worship and prayer. And that's the process of letting him make you his resting place. And then finally, um, releasing his rest through worship and prayer, a priestly bride at the end of the age. So entering spiritual rest through worship and prayer, making Jesus your resting place. When I was asked to share this year, I just I sought the Lord about what he would have me share, and he said, just share a little bit about your own journey in worship and prayer. And at the last real conference, I, I mentioned that I gave my life to Jesus at 22 years old. I'd just gotten out of college. I, uh, I, I had no idea that the Lord had just initiated a pilgrimage for me that was going to lead me from my spiritual Egypt to, to Mount Zion. But it, it started with brokenness at a cry, and a cry. Um, Pastor Walt talked about that recently, prayer just issuing out of brokenness and a cry. And I, I moved up to Minneapolis by myself. I, was, um, I had an apartment up there. It was kind of moving into winter. I was all alone. I was broken. I'd, my life was kind of a mess. And, and yet, ironically, the greatest gift that God ever gave me was to bring me out into the wilderness and get me off by myself where, that with, where no one else, no, nothing else that I could cling to. And um, just set me in that place like a, a spiritual weaning pen, so to speak. 
And so while I was unpacking my boxes in my empty apartment, one cold Minnesota night, I came across a Bible, miraculously, that got packed among my books, and I opened it, and I read, and I hadn't talked to Carrie, and I hadn't talked to Carissa, but I opened my Bible in that moment, and I read, Come unto me, <laughs> all you who labor and are heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So there it was, the invitation to enter into his rest. And I, I read that and I just, I thought that's what I, that's what I need. That's what I crave. I've, I've tried so many other things and nothing else had, had, um, had given me any rest. And so in that moment I just said, yes, yes, Jesus, I come. And though many other things happened to converge and bring me to that place, in that moment, Jesus revealed himself to me through those words, and I entered into rest. I entered into new life in Christ by faith. And in that very moment, I, I mean, I, I had a true conversion experience. He touched me. He, um, he just washed over me. He, he washed all my sin away. He... He forgave me. He reconciled me to God. He flooded me with his joy and peace, uh, unspeakable. And he translated me from the kingdom of lightness or from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, delivered me instantly from so many things. And just the reality of what happened to me just produced worship. So as this is all going on inside of me, I'm just, you know, I'm just like amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. And the reality of what had really happened to me, I, what is born of spirit is spirit. And the breath of new life was just manifesting in me. And um, so... I just, my cry produced worship. My worship produced a cry back to God. And I, I entered into Jesus. And in entering into him, I entered into rest, real rest. My spirit had found its eternal home, eternal rest. And I did nothing to earn it. I certainly did nothing to deserve it. All I could do was receive it as a free gift of God, his righteousness. So when you're entering into rest, as Carrie said, it, you're not entering into a religion. You're not, you're not entering into a denomination, uh, a, a, a church, a, an area of ministry, a small group. Um, you're entering into this relationship with a person. And Krista described that so beautifully this morning. And I became completely, he was my magnificent obsession, this person of Jesus. And when you enter into Jesus, and I said this at the last reel, if you don't know Jesus as the word, then you don't yet know him as he wants you to know him. Because when you are entering into Jesus, you're entering into his word. That's where you discover him. That's where the knowledge of him is. And when you enter into that place, he reveals himself to you. All of his joys, all of his sorrows, all of his passion, his pain, his suffering, 
his emotions. And Corey Russell, when he was here, it's kind of becoming a, um, I've heard, I've heard others use it um, over the course of the past several or many Sundays this year. But he said, Christianity is not religion. It's a fascination with a beautiful man. And that's exactly what the word of God was producing in me, a fascination with a beautiful man and the all-consuming love he had for me, the all-consuming love that he had for the world. And the more intimately that I came to know the word, the more intimately I came to know the man. And the more intimately I came to know the man, the more fascinated that I became and the more I trusted him. And, and trust, knowing Jesus and knowing what he says, is the key to rest. So night after night, I'd finish work, and I'd, I'd head home to my little apartment. I'd spend the evening with, uh, with Jesus, just discovering who he was. And after a while, I, w- I wouldn't feel like I was going home to an empty apartment anymore. I was heading home to my secret place, to the one who had such tender affection for me and who I was beginning to experience such tender affection be, uh, such tender affection for. And, you know, that scripture we, we love because he first loved us. And so he, he wasn't making any demands or requirements on me. He was just expressing his love to me, revealing his love to me. And that just, it just produced love in my heart toward him. Home isn't a building, but home is a safe place you run to for shelter. It's a place you put down roots. It's your refuge. It's a place where you can totally be yourself, comfortable and honest and open and intimate and at rest. And inside Jesus' heart was my home. I ran to the word. I communed with him. And I was doing that in the evening so much, it was just natural to wake up the next day and start talking to him again. And so he was leading me into Brother Lawrence's revelation without, <laughs> without me even knowing who Brother Lawrence was. Um, but I did read that book, and, I re- and it, just, it just enriched, and it showed me the work of the Holy Spirit down through the ages, through all the saints, and, and the very, to this very moment, what, it, what he's longing for right now. So at first I was just so excited and, and so full of joy. And he would affirm me. He'd say, you know, you are, so, you are far more valuable than the sparrows. And I would say, Lord, you are worth much more than much fine gold. And, and we're on this six-month honeymoon together. And then suddenly everything changed. And this crisis hit in my life. And I may, I may have shared briefly about it a couple years ago. But basically I had a panic attack. And I... I had never had a panic attack before, and they didn't have a term for it back then. Um, now it's a, a, a common, commonly used medical term, and there's meds for it. But no one ever talked about panic attacks. I just thought I was going crazy, and and it was incredibly terrifying and and tormenting, and just an overwhelming flood of emotions gripped me. And um, I just I was looking at those coping circle last night and I thought my coping circles were like on full tilt you know so anyway I remember um the Lord I just uh all I had all I could run to was him I I couldn't run back home I couldn't run to my mother and father I, I had a career and I was established up there but I would run to him and um I would I would carry a pocket pocket bible in my pocket and I would just look up everything I could on fear and 
and on peace and on anxiety. And I would, I would say these scriptures and quote these scriptures. Well, little did I know what the Lord was building in me, you know, because his word is living and it's active and it's powerful and it's stronger than it to any two edged sword. So I'm, I'm planting, I'm planting seed without even knowing it. Um, but it would later produce um, a harvest. And so um, I'm building that word in me and um, just crying out to him. And I, I just, I was, so, I was so broken and so confused and crying out to him. But even in this brokenness, he sustained my song. And so even, um, even with this joy unspeakable, even, even in the times of pain, in the times of, of suffering, there, there's still this inexplicable uh, joy nonetheless and he sustained my song through the psalms i get i can there is you know a song you are my hiding place you are my hiding place um you preserve me in times of trouble you encompass me about with songs of deliverance what time i am afraid i'll trust in you and i remember just singing that to the lord there were a lot of word songs back then and um just singing the songs to him um, and I finally remember telling my mom what I was going through. And I said, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't even know if I'm going to live. Um, but I trust God. And that one comment resulted in my, my mother giving her life to Jesus. And so those were just really dark days. And, and it just seemed you know, I just had to endure them. Um, and I, w- I would just lay at night and I would just clutch my Bible to my chest and um, But years later, I read in Song of Solomon, a bundle of myrrh is my well-beloved unto me. He shall lie all night between my breast. So the Lord was just building this bridal intimacy. I just wept when I wet, read that years later. But one little ray of hope kept me going. Early each morning, just at the break of dawn, at my first waking moment, the Lord's tangible presence would just... He'd be in my room right above my bed. And I could, I just, I could feel him. His presence was tangible. His, his light, the light, it was the light of his face. It was the light of his countenance just hovering right over me. And I knew he was with me. And I was just like, this is my beloved. This is my friend. He's fairer than the sons of men. And his presence sustained me in that hour. And so um, pr- prayer and worship sustain me through the storm. So after two years of nonstop anxiety, all of a sudden this horrible season was over. Just like that. Jesus had overcome. I, I never had another panic attack. I've never had one since. And um, it was at the end of it, my, my mother was saved. My my brother was saved. My sister-in-law was saved. This incredible uh door opened for me to return to Omaha for a career opportunity where my husband was awaiting me. And just my roots had gone down so deep, so deep in the Lord through that time. My, my prayer was my worship. My worship was my prayer. And this was the beginning of humbly, of just my, of humble priestly ministry in my life. Um, a cornerstone, a sure foundation was being laid in my life. And Jesus was becoming my resting place forever. 
And I just want to read um, from Psalm 1. Blessed is the woman whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law she meditates day and night. She will be like a tree firmly planted by rivers of living water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf uh, also shall not wither, and whatever she does prospers. And then this one, but as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face shine upon your servant. Save me for your mercy's sake. So after that, I just want to talk a little bit about experiencing rest through worship and praise, becoming a resting place for the Lord. Um, it was, even though that, that was such a difficult season, the Lord just taught me to um, worship just, um, I, I keep saying it, sustain me. But he, he, he was turning my focus, he was turning my eyes to look upon him. And, and in doing that, I'd broken into something new. And he, he, I, I realized he was leading me past these outer courts. He was leading me past the entrance, the entryway into him, into his temple, into the, into the holy tabernacle. And he was leading me into the holy place. And in the holy place, there's a, a, a lampstand representative of the Holy Spirit. There's the table of showbread representing the bread of his presence. They're merged in that place. And he wanted to take me into greater illumination and revelation of him. And so the more I read the word, the more I began to carry the prayers of the saints. And the more, and the more I grew, the more my prayer life changed. And the Lord just showed me this pattern um, down through the ages. Um, Abraham started out with, where are we going and, and how's this going to happen? But he ended up with, God will provide the lamb. And Jacob started with, surely the Lord was in this place and I didn't even know it. And then he ended up with, I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Joseph was, how long, O oh Lord, as he's waiting and waiting and waiting uh, all those years in prison to a place where he ended up saying, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Moses, why me? Why can't you send somebody else? Who am I supposed to say sent me? And he ended up saying, I am that I am sent me. And Lord, show me your glory. And then Joshua just stayed in the, in the tent and just soaked in the presence of the Lord. Um, David said, how long, O oh Lord, will you, for, will you forget me forever? To his consummate cry, one thing have I desired of the Lord. One thing that I seek after to dwell in the house of the Lord forever and to behold the beauty of the Lord. His mother Mary, son, why have you treated us like this? to do everything he tells you to do. And then Mary of Bethany, Lord, if you would have been there, my brother wouldn't have died to pouring out her costly perfume, her costly worship at his feet. And finally, Paul, Lord, who are you to everything else is worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. All these saints started out in a needy, unsettled place but they all journeyed into rest. And the deeper into the rest they journeyed, the less they wanted something from the Lord and the more they just wanted the Lord. The Lord was enough. And they weren't focused on themselves anymore. 
they were at, and they and and asking lord meet my needs and minister to me and bless me the more that they were um letting all of that go the more that they were meeting the need of the lord's heart and ministering to him um david said how lovely is your tabernacle o lord of hosts my soul longs yes even saints for the court uh, i'm sorry my soul longs yes even faints for the courts of the lord my heart and my flesh cry out for the living god the end result in david's life wasn't just to run to the resting place but he he it culminated in his deep great desire to build a resting place for the lord here on earth and god used him it was a prophetic picture of god's original intent the passion of his heart to dwell in the midst of his people not only would we have a resting place in him, but he'd have a resting place in us, a meeting between heaven and earth. And in the Old Testament, he rests on a physical temple, but in the New Testament, he rests in us. We are the temple. And um, that's why Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, you know, it's not, it's not you know, in this place or that place. Uh, that you're going to to worship but the father seeking the true worships who will worship him in spirit and in truth he's seeking such to worship him and so god began to reveal to me that he was looking for priests my prayer life was being transformed i would minister to him and he would minister to me and i would agree with who he was and soon he was so big and so magnified and so enlarged that that my problem became so small um it's uh, that song you know turn your eyes upon jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth they'll grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace a key passage in my life at that time was second chronicles 20 and it's the story of jehoshaphat and i i don't even have time to tell the whole story today but um but it was a time in his life when not just one army was coming against him, but he had three great armies coming against him. And um, the, the Lord showed him as the Lord was showing me that when my praise and my worship went before my battles, it released something in the supernatural realm that the enemy had absolutely no power over. He, he couldn't stand against it. And um, when I looked up at just the the definition of the rest in Hebrews, um, it has to do with ascension. And in the story of Jehoshaphat, th this army um, was ascending this the hill of the Lord to go into battle and with these three armies. And Jehoshaphat put the worshipers out before the army, and they began to praise, they began to worship, and it brought ascension. They were, they were ascending the hill. They were, in the spirit, ascending the hill of the Lord. And as they got up and got to the top of the hill, um, even while they're ascending, the Lord began to work. The Holy Spirit began to work. The Spirit began to move, and the Lord sent ambushes against the enemy. And so some, he released something in the spirit realm. And by the time they got to the top of the hill and looked over, the, the enemy had been completely defeated. Down to the very last one, they turned on one another and were completely wiped out. And um, so he, he was just showing me that when we ascend like that, when we behold the glory of God in the face of Christ, when we worship him face to face, 
we're in the heavenly realm. I'm in the heavenly realm. I'm, I'm hidden in Christ, far above all principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness in, in high places. I'm hidden in Psalm 91. And just make Psalm 91 a psalm for you in this season, ladies. I've, Corey Russell mentioned it, and I've heard a number of people mention it. But in that place... Of, of, of the secret place of the Most High, no harm can befall me. No harm can befall my family. No harm can befall my church. No evil can ke- even come near my dwelling place. A thousand might fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. In the Old Testament, God originally planned to make all 400 Hebrews who came out priests. I don't know if you if you knew that, but he his plan was to have a kingdom of priests, but they they broke his covenant, and so only only the tribe of Levi was um, called forth to to enter into the tabernacle and to be priests before him to minister to him to serve him, and um, it I just want to read Deuteronomy. Ten eight says, at that time, the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord and minister to him, to bless his name to this day. But even though they were the only ones who could enter in back then, David saw another day. David saw a day when a new and living way would be opened up, when the veil would be opened up and removed so that all men could seek the Lord so that all men could come boldly to his throne of grace. And I remember Bill Johnson saying one time, David looked forward, he saw into the future by the Spirit, and he pulled into his day what was meant for another day. And that day is now. That day is now. God, this is the generation of priests. This is the generation that God's calling to minister to him, to come and minister before him, to serve him, and to come through that new and living way to come beyond beyond the veil there's a new priesthood arising in the earth even now it's arising in america i believe it's arising in every state i believe it's rising in every city i believe it's rising in every country in every nation there is a priesthood it's something that i believe god's kept hidden by his by his plan I, I believe he's been protecting it, but it is emerging, and we're seeing it emerging, emerging even this weekend. We're seeing it emerging this year, this new priesthood that's arising, this new priesthood that is not just seeking for the Lord to minister to them, but, but it's becoming their life to minister to the Lord because he's everything. He's enough. He's everything they need. And when we receive the revelation like um, Carissa spoke of that, that he's enough, that it's finished, that he's overcome, then there's nothing lacking. There's nothing undone. There's nothing not good enough. There's nothing that's lost or stolen that can't be recovered. He always leads us in his triumph. There's nothing left to do but worship him. And, and so we are priests to the king. Hmm. I just encourage you, ladies, don't let freedom from one night, don't get it just for one night is what I'm trying to say. Don't get it for one night once a year at a retreat. But, but make it your lifestyle. Make worship your lifestyle. God inhabits the praises of his people. He presents, 
he pre- where he's where he's resting on his throne when he is exalted and, and resting on his throne when he arises to his rest when we magnify him individually but then corporately in our services as we're beginning to magnify him and he arises to his resting place in that place then his presence comes and fills the temple and in solomon's temple the one who who david was not allowed to build the temple by god but his son was and in that place the priests they couldn't even minister they um solomon says a prayer about god arising to his resting place and as all the priests get up to minister, they couldn't even minister his, the, the, the Shekinah glory of God filled the temple. We're going to see, we're going to experience the Shekinah glory of God in our day. He's going to fill the temple. And I believe by those priests just ceasing their labors, it's a picture of that Sabbath rest. It's a picture of entering that eternal rest of God. It's a picture where we cease from our own labors. It's a picture where he's everything. And we're collectively and corporately, the, the, the truth and the revelation of that just fills the place. And it'll fill your home as you build an altar in your home. It'll fill the church as we build an altar in the church. It'll fill the earth as we build an altar in the earth where he's taking us from glory to glory. And he says, my glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Um, I, the story of Mary, Mary and Martha has been... Um, one of the foundational stories in my life. And just to emphasize something that Chris has said, what a perfect picture. Martha was tired, worn out, burnt out. But Mary came and sat at Jesus' feet. She, She came, she got away with him, she learned from him. And she chose, and, and it's a choice. And the Lord said, the Lord told Martha, she she she's chosen the better thing and it can't then he said these powerful words it can't be taken away from her it's it is a choice it's our it is a choice to come away and and to do it often to do it whenever you have a moment to do it for five minutes sometimes for 15 sometimes believe me the more you do it the more you'll want to do it. I remember dropping my boys off at school years ago, and I adored my boys. We had adopted them. I hadn't. I had dealt for years with infertility, and so I was madly in love with my boys. Uh, but I would drop them at school, and I would race home because I didn't feel like shopping. I didn't feel like doing anything except getting back home to that secret place to meet with him. And he'd meet me there, and two hours would go by. And I, I could, and I, all I did was want to crave more. It's so amazing and mysterious how he satisfies you, and at the same time you just want more and more and more. He's, um, um, I quoted a, a, a something that... that <laughs> from Romeo and Juliet, but, but Juliet says to him, my, my bounties as boundless as the sea, my love as deep. The, the more I give to you, the more I have, for both are infinite. And I, that's such a picture of the Lord. You can be in rest, and yet the more you're giving him, the more he's giving you, the more you're giving yourself, the more he's, he's taking up residence in you. The more you're letting go and releasing, the more he's filling you. And... Um, He's, uh, he's, that's his longing in this hour. We are a chosen generation, Peter said, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special people that you should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And I just want to end with this, just releasing rest, a priestly bride at the end of the age. Just like the Lord wants you for himself and not for what he can do for you. So that there, there are those who want the Lord for himself and not just, what, not just what he can do for them. And this is what distinguishes a bridal company. And God will be relentless if you, if you want him bad enough. But he's, he was drawing me, and I, he was drawing us. And even as I wrote this, I felt the waves of the Pacific Ocean over all of us. But it, he's just saying, come deeper, come closer, behind the veil, into my very presence where there's no mixture, where my glory illuminates and the Lamb is your light. Will you give yourself fully to me, O oh my dove, in the clefts of the rock and in the secret places of the cliffs? Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. Your voice is sweet. Your face is lovely. You have ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. You have ravished my heart with one glance of your eyes. I was like the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Emmaus means hot springs or continual passion. He was leading me to the river of delights. He was opening up the fountainhead. He was revealing the city whose streams make glad the city of God. He baptized me in the Holy Spirit. He endued me with power from on high. And finally, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the more I became filled with him, the more I became filled with his word, the more his words just, I, I just cease from my own labor. And the more that prayer just flowed out of me, the more it abounded out of me, the more I was able to release the rest over every situation and circumstance, anything trying to plague me, anything trying to plague my family, my husband, my children, my, my church. And, and prayer was not laborious. Prayer became a joy. I just want to read three, three last scriptures to wrap this up. Um, and I want to just emphasize one thing. You know, the Lord is taking us to Zion. We don't have to wait to go to heaven. To, to, uh, we don't have to wait to die, I should say, to go to heaven. He's calling us to heaven right now. Heaven is Zion. Heaven is that re eternal resting place. Heaven is Jesus. And uh, we rule out of that place. The word says the law will go forth out of Zion. So his priests, his priestly bride is going to rule and reign out of the heavenly places, out of the places seated with Christ, out of Psalm 91. She's going to rule. She's going to reign. And ambushes are going to be sent against the enemy. Um, he's going to have a mature bride filled with all the fullness of Christ. And I finished with these. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as chief among, above the mountains. And shall be exalted above the hills, and all the nations shall flow to it. Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion the law, law shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And after this, I will return, and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruin, and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does these things. And finally, in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse, 
who shall stand as a banner for the peoples. For the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. Just uh, so blessed to be able to share this morning a quick story with you and to just encourage you um, to embark on this journey of, of prayer and worship. Um, those words can, can seem quite intimidating, um, I think, sometimes depending on where you're at. I know for me, um, they, they began as something intimidating and kind of, you know, unseen and un a territory that was um, a little uh, unfamiliar to me. Um, but I pray that this story will encourage you to let the Lord um, bring you into a rest, spiritual rest of prayer and worship. Um, I want to just share two seasons um, with you. Um, they're kind of contrasting seasons. Um, about four years ago, I um, decided to come to Jesus and... Um, and I, as that scripture says, you know, that was, it was a decision point for me that my life had kind of, my way was the wrong way, and I just needed to come to him. So I made a, a commitment to him um, to come. And um, in that coming, in this season, he began to minister to me and ask me to get away with him. And in that getting away with him was the beginning of my spiritual journey. And at the time, I didn't realize that this was him um, cultivating a desire to pray and to worship him in this beginning baby phase of my, um, my walk with him. And so as he began to speak to me in this phase, um, he asked me to get away, and I literally um, was single at the time, and I decided to definitely walk away from the world, and he just drew me to him. And in that, I would go home after work, after school, and I would literally close my door in my apartment that I shared with a girlfriend, and I just locked myself away with him. And this was a season where yeah, I could do this. And we're all at different seasons, so don't get me wrong. There's times where we can't do that, and that will be in this next season I share with you about. But the first season, it was a time where the Lord started to woo me and draw me into this intimacy with him that changed my life forever. And in that time of learning from him, he showed me that I needed to learn from him through his word through reading the word, through talking to him, through having conversation with him. So it became, prayer became this constant conversation, like Chris uh, uh, spoke about, this constant daily talking with him and going away with him and learning from him and being quiet, quieting all the other voices, not letting them get near me or speak to me at that time. I really felt like he was wooing me. And in that, I began to truly fall in love with him. Um, 
it was this time where it was like this man and he was he was drawing me to him and teaching me about how wonderful he was and how true he was and he was talking to me about who I was and in that conversation of prayer it became prayer to me that he began to tell me who I was and I knew then I began to know who he was in a totally different way and it established this relationship with him so I began to realize that that prayer that conversation was very detrimental to me um, you know living a separate a set apart life from the world I needed to devote um, a lot of time to him in that way and so as that love began to bubble in me and, and become um, rising up in me and I just fell madly in love with him he showed me how that was worship how I loved him so much and I was giving him so much in return for what he was giving me that that was worship unto him that I was I was worshiping him because he had done so much for me he had he had literally taken me out of the pit of hell and set me with him because I went with him and he took me and he began to take care of me and I believe that that is worth it all <laughs> and so my worship became like the story in Matthew about Mary who just wanted to pour everything out to him because of what he had done and that was worship that became worship to me when I read that story it just it said it all to me because of what he did for me that brought out the love for him and the worship to him and so that's a season where you know he really begins to show you show me um, at that time who he was and how I could commune with him in prayer and worship and how that would sustain me through my spiritual journey the ups and downs the highs and lows all these things is was to remember to get away to get away with him and to 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 let the distractions be outside but now fast forward a few years now um, of course that's in my my heart but just to be very vulnerable with you that can't always be the case we can't lock ourselves in a bedroom and just pray and worship him 24 hours a day it's just not real right so um, I got married had you know some wonderful blessings happens got married had a child life just started to go you know go 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 and church was great things were going good and I got really busy I got really busy and I got really distracted and things just got out of hand you know kind of just get out of hand we know you know how that is so the second season um, the Lord just stopped me in my tracks with an actual physical storm that hit Omaha in August and it took out the power in my house and it was just my house coincidentally on the whole Florence Boulevard everybody didn't lose their power but us and um, it was really crazy because nothing bad happened it's just we lost power and I had gotten back into working again and I had my baby and I was you know just frantic because I had to do laundry and I had to take a shower and I had to get to work and I had all these things 
And the Lord just really stopped me with this storm. And he's like, hello, I'm over here. I'm over here. Do you, do you want to talk to me about what just happened? <laughs> you know, about what the power, losing the power and all this. And um, so anyway, he, he really stopped me in my tracks. And he led me to call a friend who I knew was um, working that day. She lived close to me. And I knew her house was empty. And I, and I gave her a call. And um, she's a single mom. And she's someone I love very dearly. And she loves the Lord. Um, but she's busy too. She has two kids and she's a single mom and that in itself is, is hard, hard, hard work. So I went, she, I called her and she said, yes, you can come over. You can come in, you can do your laundry, you can take a shower, you can do whatever you want. So I was like, oh, phew. So I drove over there and I got all my stuff and I opened the door to her house. And as I opened the door, I just got hit by the presence of the Lord. It was, it was like, whoa. I walk in and I hear this faint light worship music playing in the kitchen. And I walk in and it's just serene. And you can just hear this light worship music. And I walk in, I set my stuff down and I go take my laundry downstairs. And I'm, I'm starting to feel like really, you know, good and, and quiet in my my restlessness is kind of subsiding a little bit. And I go down into the laundry room, and as I go downstairs to the laundry room, there's this whole area carved away for the Lord. There's a little couch. There's books. There's candles. There's just this whole little area. And I go and I sit down at this couch, and I look up and actually start seeing papers of prayers on the wall and I start reading them and their prayers for her children and their prayers for herself their prayers for her submitting to the Lord their prayers for purity there's prayers for for challenging situations she's facing there's prayers for just her children and and her future and I just began to weep and weep and I realized that in all of her busyness, in all of these things, she had taken the time to create this atmosphere for herself, for, the, for her and the Lord to meet and to be with him and to worship him and fall in love with him, just like I had done so many years ago. And I thought, wow, that, that is prayer and worship. It's just, just taking the time, no matter what you're doing, no matter what your schedule is, no matter what it looks like, Always finding that place for prayer and worship, and that's just communing with the Father, and it's loving on Him and telling Him how good He is to you, and just just that's all prayer and worship is, and and you can you can show it in different ways, but it's all about just communing and being intimate with Him and finding that place. So I hope that helps a little bit in your journey of prayer and worship. Questions? Good. One of the things, and maybe this isn't in the rules, but I feel like we're supposed to do it. So, but I, I think there might be some questions that we're going to ask. But both of these two kind of had that same story to start out with, where they, the Lord just swept them away to a place by themselves. 
and they fell, they both fell in love with Jesus. They really just fell in love with him. And I'm not sure that everybody in this room has had that experience where you have fallen in love with him. And really that's the key to prayer and worship is really falling in love with him. And I feel like however we're supposed to end, we'll have some questions, but I feel like we need to pray for that. I'm a, let's pray for that. Let's ask God for that. So anyway, let's, let's um, ask a couple of questions. Okay, what if you don't hear anything from God when you pray? Either one of you guys want to answer? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, when um, I think in this falling in love process, um, you know how when, when if, if you've ever been in love before, um, really some of the most intimate times you have is when you're saying nothing. You're just in each other's presence. And I think um, I've had a lot of training or um, from the Lord in, in this, in that um, I still was going seeking something or maybe with an expectation. But I re- when I really just set that aside and just ministered to him, um, something wouldn't always come right then. But it, it's amazing how it would come, the form it would take, how the Lord would choose, when the Lord would choose to manifest. And I remember one time my husband was working, he had a wood shop, a cabinet shop, and he he said, you know, he was just kind of just worshiping the Lord and nothing real specific, but he said so clearly he heard the Lord say, you know, you, you know, if you take care of my business, you know, I'll take care of yours. And really the only business he wasn't, really asking him to do a lot in that day but he just the the business you know Jesus said this is this is the work that I've given you that you that the father's given that you believe me that and so he just felt like the the work was just believing believing everything Jesus said just learning to believe learning to trust so um I know what it's like though to want an answer to need an answer sometimes Sometimes you have the luxury where you're like, it doesn't have to come today or tomorrow. But sometimes you really feel like you need an answer. And um, But even in that, I think this whole idea of rest or trust, that's really what he's after, even more than that answer. It's something he's building in you. And even Kristen, I prayed this morning before she spoke, and, and I was, I said, you know, thank you for forerunning. I mean, because I, we both know all the some of the, um, some of what we've, you know, gone through to even stand here today and let the Lord break open, you know, an alabaster box, you know, and just, just pour out whatever we had, but we, we wouldn't, we couldn't recognize it back then. Um, there was a lot of toil and tumult and stress and all of that working through just like with Moses, who are you, you know, what do you, why, why me? Why, you know, who do I say sent me? to come into that place of, you know what, you know, I am that I am. I am that I am sent me. I know who it is. Show me your glory. So I hope that that helps a little bit. Um, he, he, he will have the right answer at the right time. What if you don't remember verses to pray? How do you pray then? If you don't remember... If you don't remember verses to pray, how do you pray then? 
Um, you know what? Open up your Bible. Let it be right in front of you. Um, and maybe if you're going through a certain, like with me, I mean, here's all these scriptures in front of you. But when I was going through that horrible thing with fear and anxiety, I, I specifically looked up my little reference. I knew nothing, you know, but I looked up what it said about fear. I looked up what it said about peace. I looked up what it said about anxiety. And I, whether I made up cards, whether I highlighted in my Bible and put a little, you know, bookmark in that place, um, I would use that as my prayers. And pretty soon those get into you. I know when Pastor Chris has gone for years now to pray for people for healing, and she used to give, give a sheet. She used to take a sheet with her um, at, to the hospital. And she'd, she'd read it and say these prayers over people. Now she doesn't take the sheet with her. Those prayers are part of her. Those prayers are part of the tapestry of her. So don't worry about that. You can open it up. Use the word right, you know, right before you. And believe me, God will, certain verses will just, they'll grip your heart. And, and they'll become a life verse for you. And, and you'll never let it go. And, and um, so it's just, it's just, it's like sowing. It's the parable of the sower. You sow the seed, you sow the seed. And it says the farmer looked out. He doesn't see anything at first. Nothing's showing. Nothing's breaking through the soil. And yet the day comes and the sprout is there. And it, you know, it, 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 a harvest is, is on the heels of that. I'm going to combine these last two. Um, it's how do you pray and what does praying daily look like? I think that can be encompassed in one answer. How do you pray and how, what does praying daily look like? And I would even add to that, what does pray without, prayer without ceasing look like? Um, which book of the Bible do you read first or is it better to do a devotional? So why don't you, why don't you add one and she'll answer one. Uh, <laughs> um, I think to start out, a devotional is always good to start with, and it has scripture verses. Um, I the first one that I ever did was Jesus Calling, and um, and that was uh, a time of meditation and devotion and and getting wooed by Him. And then the scriptures um, helped me start in the in the Word and and kind of I would read around that scripture and kind of get context of that scripture, and and then I began to like the Word so much that I would read more of it, but. Um, and also the praying part, um, it's really a, a constant conversation with the Lord it, it, the, from the moment you wake up, ask him to join you and tell him how much you love him in the morning. And then you tell him how much you love him at night. And you just kind of always are in that prayer attitude to get through the day. I mean, you have to always think of him as being the first one you go to about everything, you know, and I, and I think that's what I do for my life is just to, to always try to, you know, remember that he's the first one I ask or first one I go to, and that's prayer um, for me. I was just thinking when you were saying that, there's a verse in Song of Songs where it talks about how she's attended other uh, vineyards, but, you know, but not her own. And it's, it's that inward life. And I think sometimes we don't, we don't emphasize it um, enough together to one another to just admonish encourage one another to tend to that inner life to give give each other permission and 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 encouragement you know to tend to that inner life um so that that there's just that because he's our life source you know he's he's that river ever flowing and if you're a tree planted by the river it doesn't if whether you're at work or whether you're doing dishes like chris has said or laundry um 
you know, there's just um, that river is ever flowing. And I think sometimes we're so set on the temporal. Yeah. Um, and and, and I, I believe the Lord's going to help us. He's going to start. There's going to be more and more messages and more and more things talking about setting our mind on things above, setting our mind on heavenly things, setting our mind on eternal things mm-hmm. and, and not temporal things. This is all going to pass away, but that's never going to pass away. And I think sometimes we're, st- you know, how much are we even still hearing that yet? And yet I truly believe we're on the verge of the Lord returning for his bride. And so I believe that there's going to be more and more message and more and more admonition of where we fix our eyes. And, you know, as, as the things of the earth grow strangely dim and, and, you know, fall away and the light of his glory and grace increases, um, that it's going to be, there's going to be a divine enablement, a grace there for that. And one more thing, too, um, there's kind of like a switch that happens in your mind about um, needing to converse with converse with a, a peer or a relative or a, or a husband or a wife and have conversation with them to help you through things. But it's a switch to think that, that you can go to God for those things first instead of um, someone to actually have a conversation with, you, uh, you know, like, you and I. It's more of, you know, talking to God this way first and then taking after you've gotten some information and download from him, then go out and talk this way. So it's more of vertical and then horizontal. And I'm not sure who wrote the question or whatever and where you're coming from, but I would say how I learned how to pray was surrounding myself with people like this. I I got involved in intercessory prayer, and I I just sat back kind of like wide-eyed of, oh, my gosh, these women know how to pray. And they could talk to God, and they could commune with the Lord. And when you surround yourself in that kind of environment, if you feel like you're struggling to learn how to pray, surround yourself. There's plenty of opportunities here at the church, and I'm not going to make an advertisement, but, boy, would I like to. But uh, anyway, I just want to wind this up, I feel like, by... We just, I feel like there needs to be an impartation. And wherever, wherever where you're at, I feel like the Lord wants you to fall in love with him. That, that increases that place of rest. I don't think it's by, any, it's by any design here that these two shared their story. And it began the same way. And I feel like the Lord just wants to release that and impart that to you. So would you stand? And, you know, if they come in for lunch, it's okay. They're going to get a piece of it, yeah. too. And I don't know. I don't know what the Holy Spirit wants to do here, but I feel like there's just anointing that's going forth even right now. I feel like I always just sense these these buckets of beautiful gold oil just being poured out, and I really, really sense that right now, that the Holy Spirit, is he's just, he wants to anoint you and cover you. He wants to draw you so close to him this morning. He wants you to be transformed by his very presence. He wants you to fall wholeheartedly devoted and in love with him. That's where your life begins. That's where that spiritual life begins is falling in love with him, falling in love with him. God, I ask for an impartation of love this morning, oh God. God, with Jody and, 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 and Julie have just shared, God, that releasing that love, Father God. God, I pray in that secret place, that intimate place, they would fall in love with you. 
God, I ask for a pushing back of, of barriers and hindrances and stresses, Father God. God, I ask that they would, they would begin to declare, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Father, I pray revelation this morning, revelation of pure love, revelation of beautiful love, revelation of bridal love, revelation of intimate love between you and them, oh God. God, I ask for that releasing. I pray that you would take them to new places and new levels, Father God. I pray that you take them to the deep and intimate places with you, Father. God, I thank you for the power of love, oh God. God, I thank you that for God so loved that he gave. God, I thank you for love. God, I ask for a releasing, releasing, releasing of intimate love, oh God. A releasing and an understanding of intimate love in this place, oh God. God, is, just as Jody had said earlier, I believe that you're being marked. And I believe you're being marked by his spirit, but I believe you're being marked by love. He's marking you with his love today. And, and I, I just even sense that the Lord is saying, tell them there's some, there's some that doubt and say, I don't feel that love. And he's saying it's very real. And it's very tangible for you. I love you. I love you deeply. There's no place that you can hide from me. I love you deeply. I love you so deeply. I gave my life for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just wait on the Lord. Jody or Julie, did you have anything? 